Thank you, dear. I think the new little one's helping her play the piano very well, don't you think? It's a beautiful day to be in church. If you join me in your Bible this morning, Isaiah and chapter 9. Isaiah and chapter 9. I told my wife, I said, I really uh, admire those pastors who stay in the same church for 30 years. Can you imagine preaching a different message every Christmas for 30 years? It's got to be a little bit different, you know, because you don't want to. Everybody knows it's Christmas week. So you've got to touch on the birth of Christ. And um, this week, uh, we're going to go to Isaiah in chapter 9. If you join me, look in verse 6. A beautiful promise here, a beautiful truth from God's Word. I pray it will encourage our hearts and strengthen us today. Isaiah 9-6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of His government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I thank God that He performed it and that Jesus came, and that he gave his life for us this morning. Let's join together in prayer uh, before we get into the word here. Father, quiet our hearts, guide us during this time this morning. And Lord, may we glean new truths from this passage. May we be refreshed and encouraged in the midst of what has been probably one of the most difficult years in our lifetimes. Uh, and Lord, as we anticipate 2021... Help us to find fresh hope, fresh encouragement in this passage. In the midst of all this confusion, may we find encouragement and help in the Lord. And Father, I pray that you would help our church to not just exist, not just um, move forward a little bit, but Lord, help us to thrive in the new year. And I pray that you would give us the strength, the wisdom, the fortitude uh, to do that. And Lord, I pray for souls to be saved in this place. I pray if there be any in the room that have never trusted in Christ as their Savior, that today they would call upon your name, that today they'd put their faith in Jesus Christ. And we are believing you to do it great and exceeding things, abundantly above all that we could ask or think. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen. This morning, it is my desire that you will leave the building encouraged and believing God for a great next year. Uh, in the first part of this message today, I'm, I'm just going to take a moment. I want to summarize a few things of the year and clarify them because it has been a very strange year, has it not? Uh, this has been a very unusual year. When we sat here last year, none of us would have anticipated wherever you were sitting December 20th, of 2019, you would have never anticipated what you have seen happen in the last 12 months. None of us would have imagined it. Any of the things we've seen it happen, okay? These things are things that, yes, the Bible prophesied would come to pass, but we didn't expect to see these types of things happen, not in that short a period of time. We didn't expect all these situations, and uh, this first, first part of the message um, is more of a reflection of the year, and then we're going to get into the hope for this. I want to build the context 
uh, this morning I want to share with you peace and comfort for a confusing year. Hasn't it been a year of confusion? Complete confusion. Complete confusion. They don't, the medical scientists don't have a clue what's going on still. <laughs> and uh, isn't it crazy? We got a vaccine that's 96% effective, but the virus has a 99% recovery rate. Okay, anyways, uh, I don't understand all this. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. But something seems a little bit strange. A lot of strange things have happened, including things that transpired even on Monday uh, this week. Um, could any of us have Im imagined all these things would have happened? The first global lockdown. It's not just Granville, New York that's experiencing uh, government regulations. You can't meet. You can't do this. You couldn't do that this year. It's worldwide. It's the first time it's happened like this. First time it's happened like this. Global lockdown. The destruction of our country's greatest economy. That's a, that's a difficult pill to swallow when you're living in uncertain times. The destruction of many economies all worldwide. The government telling us, this is tough, that you can't see your friends. Think about it. A year ago, you could have hopped in your car and gone and visited whoever you wanted. I could have drove to California without thinking a thing about it. But now, you have to worry about whether or not you're going to get a $2,000 fine or $1,000 fine for this and that state. All because of a virus that has a 99% recovery rate. Crazy. Crazy situations. Imagine what we've gone through. It's just difficult. It's challenging. The government telling us we can't see our friends. The risk of thousands of dollars in fines if you travel across the state line without quarantining for 14 days. Who would have ever imagined this a year ago? It is quite confusing. It's frustrating even to understand the laws that change on a moment-by-moment -moment basis based upon the emotions of our leaders. Being forced to wear the same dirty, filthy mask, or having to go buy your own brand new. Being forced that if you do not wear it, you don't care about people. That is something I would have never even considered being told that in my lifetime. If you don't wear this piece of cloth on your face, you actually don't care about people. That's what we've been told. It's crazy. It's, to me, it's not being able to see people's smiles unless you break the law and pull down your mask. That, to me, is absolutely dehumanizing. We treat our pets better than that. And you, you see this. People running around on the street, all wearing masks in their homes, wearing masks, you got to wear masks at Christmas, but you don't have to have your dogs wear masks. You don't have to have your cats. We give our cats better treatment than we do our humans. It's crazy. Crazy times to be living. Can you imagine this? I understand leash laws. I understand restraining pets, but I do not understand this control of human beings like this. It's crazy. It has been a difficult year. The scariest part to me is that this was all done to prevent a virus from spreading that we already have the medicine for in our national stockpile, and they lied to us about. That, to me, is so frustrating that it makes me mad. I told you the first part was going to be difficult. It's going to be frustrating. We're getting to the hope, all right? Uh, for me, the uncertainty and confusion has been overwhelming. And the saddest part for me about it all is that people of faith, well-meaning, good, godly people, people that I respect and look up to, have been sucked into this vacuum. They mean well, but their emotions have pulled them under. They have more faith in CNN than they do in the Bible. It scares me how many well-meaning Christians were willing to surrender everything without understanding that freedom is not free. Freedom is not free. 
Think about it carefully. The Bible says in Revelation of a day that we will not be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. Buy or sell. I mean, we're getting to the hope. Just hang on a second. A day you will not... Now look, you say, is the mask the mark of the beast? No. But what's the difference? You can't buy or sell unless you wear one. You can't, they're saying you can't have a, you can't buy or sell, you can't work for certain companies in the future unless you have a certain type of medical card. What's the difference? The only difference is it's not inserted in your hand, which will come next because it's going to be too frustrating because everybody's going to lose their little medical ID card. You understand? This is all preparation for the end times, and we've seen it unfold in one year. Preparation. Do you say, is the, is, is the Antichrist right around the corner? I'm not sure of God's timing on all these things. But it is preparation for it, for sure. Worldwide preparation for it. Think about it. Christians by the hundreds of thousands have believed this lie. The Bible says there will be a strong delusion and people will believe a lie. Now, is this the lie or is it just a lie? I'm not sure which lie it is. But it has astounded me that people of faith have believed everything that the mainstream has told them. Believed it in full faith. And look, we like to believe our leaders care for us, but some of them have their own best interest in mind. Some of them hate God. The same CNN that has told us that Jesus is not God this year, that has told us that Jesus sinned this year, that has told us that you don't need to go to church to worship God, that has told us uh, all of these things they're the same ones telling us how to live, how to act, and they don't follow their own rules. They don't wear masks, but they tell us to wear them. Complete hypocrites. It used to be just said, people like to say church, church attendees are hypocrites. I'll tell you, there's a lot of hypocrites that have shown their face in recent days. A lot of hypocrites. One rule for others, another rule for themselves. And church, it's, it's tough to make enemies over doing right. It's frustrating when people choose to hate you if you follow proven medical science that disagrees with the mainstream story. It's hard. But I want to thank you this morning for standing by us during this time, for trusting us when we chose to do things that the news narrative said were unwise. We proved them wrong, and God is our witness that no one has become sick or ill as a result of meeting in church for the entire year. Now, that's a reason to praise God. That's a reason to praise God. Amen. Nobody's got sick or ill from coming to church this year here. I realize there's a few occasions in a few churches where people got sick. But you know what? They all got the virus. And in every case I heard of, they recovered. And, uh, and there's a few random cases where that didn't happen in churches. Many of you know, or many of you don't know this, but on, on uh, Easter, we had some guests here. And I couldn't say who they were because everybody would have been scared to death. All right? But I had my relatives come in town. They were doing, they were essential workers. And we had church. And you know what? Nobody got sick. And I'll tell you, they had been to a lot of places. And if you knew all the places that they had been, I told them, keep your distance from everybody, okay? But you know what? Nobody got sick at all. And you say, were you trying to be on? No. They're traveling because they're essential. They were allowed to travel because they were essential. So they could travel wherever they wanted because they were essential. How crazy is that? Different rules for different people. But nobody got sick. But they asked me a question because their church in Georgia was shut down. They asked me this question. They said, why haven't you closed the church? And I said, that would be the easiest thing in the world to do. The easiest thing in the world to do is just to say, you know what, guys? We're not going to meet. 
we're going to go online. Now, I've got to think about my congregation. Most of the people in the building don't even have internet or don't even have fa- didn't even have Facebook before this virus started. You've got to think about your people. And how are we going to connect? And he said, you know what? We've got to just do what pleases God. And I told them, I said, the easiest thing to do would be to just follow all of these things. The easiest thing to do, it's, I'm not looking for an easy way out. None of us should look for an easy way out. Our people needed the option to meet in person. I remember several people, several of our church members, they, they sat just one service at home. And they said, Pastor, would you please let me come back to church? Would you please let me come back to church? I said, just limit your cards in the parking lot. Please. I don't want to hit the news. And you know, you guys were wise. And we thank God for watching over us. You know, um, our people needed that option to meet in person. I, I don't believe that, that Brother John would have been I don't believe you would have been able to preach a few weeks ago if we would have just stopped meeting for church. I think it would have discouraged your walk with God. I I, I reached out and thought of new believers and new people we had coming. There were several families that were coming at that time, and they told me, they begged me to keep this place open. And I said, you know what? We need to do what is best for our people. We need to care about the souls that God has given us to minister to. My Bible says to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. The easiest thing to do would have been to make a nice little video and then to sleep in on Sunday and do nothing. That's easy. That's the easy way out. Within weeks, the data showed that 99% of those who got the virus were recovering just fine, and it continued to confirm. Remember all those makeshift hospitals they were built? Do you remember? They were never used. They were never used. They scared us to death, made it all in the news, and they were never used. These makeshift hospitals. Remember those ships that the president sent out that were never used? Never used. But they used them to scare us to death. Look, if we would have closed, I believe we would have been disobedient to God. And the Bible says we have to obey God rather than man. We have to obey God. Dr. Bob Jones said the following. He said, do right until the stars fall. And if they do fall, still do right. I challenge you this year, let's continue to do right. I don't believe it's going to get easier when Ahab and Jezebel ascend the throne. I don't believe it's going to be easier. And if Ahab and Jezebel don't descend the throne, you better have good locks on your doors. I'm telling you. Man has been created... To by, by God to fulfill one chief purpose, to glorify God. And we're getting to the text in just a few seconds here. Sometimes civil disobedience glorifies God. Think about Daniel in the Bible. When the king said, don't pray, what did Daniel do? He prayed. He actually went ahead and just opened his window up so everybody could see. Now, I believe he was up several stories in his building, probably on that house. I don't believe he was trying to pray in the, in the open necessarily, but people sitting across the street, they were spying on Daniel, and they watched and they said, wow, Daniel is praying in his room. I mean, what invasion of privacy. Ooh, that's... <laughs> we've had a lot of invasions of privacy this year. And they invaded Daniel's privacy, and Daniel said, you know what, I'm still going to pray to God, and not just once a day, I'm going to pray three times a day. And my friend, I don't think it was, now, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I think it was a whole lot deeper than that. I believe he was continuing in prayer probably for several hours each time he prayed because they had to take note of the fact that he was praying. But he still continued to pray. 
He still continued to do right. Civil disobedience, and it's something that Carlson Tucker has said a lot during this year. He said, sometimes you just have to practice civil disobedience. And he's been correct about that. Daniel practiced civil disobedience. Elijah practiced civil disobedience. Think about Elijah. King Ahab didn't like Elijah. King Ahab was mad because Elijah made it not rain. King Ahab was so upset at him that he sent all the prophets of Baal. And remember, Elijah called down the fire of God, burned up the sacrifice, and Elijah, a citizen, not the king, told the king, you better hurry up and get to your house because rain's coming. You better run. And Elijah outran him back to the city. Elijah was telling the king what to do. Elijah was practicing civil disobedience, but God honored him because he listened to God instead of man. There is a time to practice civil disobedience. Doesn't mean we should be rebellious and angry, but my friend, there is a command to worship God. Jeremiah did. Jeremiah was told he was not to speak his name anymore, but he did, and he was cast into prison. Nobody listened to Jeremiah as a preacher, but Jeremiah kept doing right because it mattered to God. Think of Jesus, and here we get to our text. He was crucified, he suffered, he died for our sins, and he arose as victor. But my friend, the rulers of the day hated his guts, and they were upset at him because of what he did. Because he didn't follow their narrative. He didn't wear his mask. I mean, he didn't wash his hands. I mean, Jesus, he was supposed to wash his hands a certain way, and he didn't do it. Jesus was supposed to do things... Oh, you weren't supposed to eat on Sunday. You weren't supposed to go in the field and rub the kernels of corn off of the corn because that's working. You weren't supposed to do it. And his disciples did it and they got him in trouble for it. Foolish little things. But Jesus, we see that he practiced civil disobedience. Each time a Christian chooses to obey God instead of man, God is glorified. Now, you should never rebel against godly leaders. But when you have ungodly leaders... You have to choose to obey God rather than man. And that decision is going to come a whole lot more clear in 2021. It's going to determine who is a real Christian and who is just on for the ride. And this morning, as we dig into this, I want to give you now some encouragement. Because the first part you say, well, that was, this has been a frustrating year. That was 2020 in a nutshell right there, okay? Now let's get on to peace and comfort for this confusion. Let's look in our text and let's see the, the comfort that the Lord gives. Jesus came in a time when the nation was ruled by the Romans. Now, it's not fun being under the control of people who do not like your faith. Hmm. And that's where it's coming here. It's not fun being under control of people who do not like your faith. But this morning, look at this. First, we see the gift of a son. Jesus came to the people of Israel in a time in which they were under the rule of the Romans, yet he came to deliver them the gift of a son. Unto us, verse 6 says, a son is given. I tell you, children are a gift from God. Just ask the parents who've had to wait several years to be able to have children. Just ask the couples who've spent years getting medical help only to have to finally adopt children because they couldn't have any of their own. Children are a gift from God. 
And Jesus was God's greatest gift to us. Lest we be selfish with the gift, may, we remind, may I remind you that he expects us to share the light and not keep it to ourselves. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. It's such a gift. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. And last week as we saw how the Lord sent Joseph as an example, as a type of Christ, a forerunner of Christ. And Joseph, he went and suffered in Egypt. And yet God raised him up in the midst of that suffering, lifted him up out of bondage, lifted him up out of the prison cell and took him to the palace. And I tell you, my friend, it's a gift when God gives a child to be a deliverer. And Jesus was a gift the gift of a son. And today, you might be discouraged. You say, what does 2021 have in store? I don't know. I could have never forecasted what was going to happen this year. But what I do know is that there's a gift of the son. And the son of God, who had all power to heal the sick, to raise the dead, he still gives his Holy Spirit to them that ask. And I know today that he has the power to deliver your family, to deliver my family. He has the power to provide. Now, the Bible has simple truths, like if a man shall not work, neither shall he eat. So we do have a responsibility to be diligent. We have a responsibility to, to do our tasks that God has asked us to do. We have a responsibility to provide for our family. But my friend, God will take care of us if we will trust him and we will follow wise biblical principles during these times. The gift of a son. Beautiful gift. Secondly, this morning, I'd like you to see the gift, uh, the great kingdom of hope. Not only the gift of a son, but the great kingdom of hope. If you continue in the verse, it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. A beautiful prophecy of Jesus. He's not only going to come as God and die for our sins, but he's going to take the responsibility of the whole kingdom. That's a, that's a crazy responsibility. That's a huge responsibility. You say, what kingdom? Well, they thought it was going to be deliverance from Rome, but it was, my kingdom is not of this world, Jesus said. It was the kingdom of God. It was the gift of eternal life. It's a great gift. And whenever God sends any responsible people into our life, it is a great gift. You say, what should we pray for in 2021? Pray that God sends us more responsible people. All right? Responsible people. Responsible people are a gift from God. Um, I'm thankful for every responsible person God has sent this year. I pray very soon the Lord will send more responsible people to the church. Um, in, every, in every church setting, God gives you the privilege to minister and to serve together. But the truth is, in any group, there's going to be responsible people and irresponsible people. And may God help us to be responsible, dependable, somebody that can be relied upon. Because responsible people are ones who truly follow the example of Jesus Christ. When he was in pain, when he was in suffering, he can still continue to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Joseph followed the same as we saw last week. When Joseph was in pain, when Joseph was frustrated, when Joseph was in prison, when Joseph had been mistreated, Joseph continued to have a joyful spirit, he continued to serve, and he continued to do right, and God blessed him for it. The great kingdom of hope. Jesus was willing to take full responsibility for the kingdom of God. Think about that. Full responsibility. He goes in the temple at 12 years old, and he's debating with 
all of these scholars of the day, and they thought they were the expert. By the way, I would really like for Jesus to join the pastor's Facebook group that I'm in. Because I have to ignore 90% of the nonsense. We're talking about people that are conservative, like-minded, we would say. But I am so discouraged by the attitude of God's people. And I mean, no, I mean no harm or no ill, you understand me. I'm not better than any other person. We are all human. We all struggle. But my friend, the attitude and the, the atmosphere, uh, I would like Jesus to join and straighten it out. Um, and I'll tell you, you ought to invite Jesus to join your Facebook page. Uh, I had a Christian friend, uh, they call themselves a Christian. Uh, interestingly, they're studying for the ministry. And they put a quote up a few weeks ago, and I decided to not comment on it. But they said the following thing. Um, they said, um, hypocrites go to church, they said. And they said, uh, churches, people, people in churches are just so judgmental towards others, they said. And if they weren't so judgmental, every church would be full. Hang on a second. I know of a lot of liberal, congregational, gay, effeminate, whoremongers and adulterers that are pastors, that pastor churches that are lovey-dovey that let everything go. And those buildings are empty. And you're telling me this? And you know what? All the only person that replied to his thing was an atheist friend. And the atheist friend, you know all he did was turn his atheist friend away from God by his stupidity. Okay? Because that type of a comment was ignorant. All right? You can say it if you don't say people's names and everything. Um, that type of a comment was ignorant. It was lacking as the fact checkers say, lacking context. Um, it really was lacking context because the truth of the matter is that there are, I, I've been to the churches of my relatives when I visited them in Maine, and I'll tell you, the place was empty, and the place was as liberal as it goes. Liberal as it goes. The place was the kind of place that you could go every Sunday and you would be taught, I'll tell you what the sermon would be about. Everybody needs to love everybody and be good and be kind and be tolerant of all things. That was pretty much the message of every week. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to that, all right? You are all good. You've never sinned. And just maybe try to be a little bit better. That was basically the gist of it, okay? Total hypocrisy. Really a church of Satan. And yet, this person had the audacity to say, well... I'm like, did you read about Jesus? People were following him just because he did miracles and they all forsook him? See, there's actually been a lot of judgment this year and the judgment goes both ways. And I'll tell you, there was a, there's a lost man in this community that I was talking with a businessman and he said the following to me. He told me about... Uh, a gentleman who's a, a religious gentleman that he was giving a ride around in a, in a truck, and the, the gentleman said, <coughs> I have a cough. Went to the gas station, got himself some liquor, drank it real fast, and stuck it underneath the chair in the, in the car, and, and kept driving down the road. He said, I, oh, I had a cough. I need to, need to get a little medicine for it. And he said, the guy's a complete hypocrite. That's what he said. This is, this is coming from a lost man's mouth. He goes, the guy was a complete hypocrite. And I'm like, you're right, sir. Now, the, the man is lost. He drinks. But he said that guy came to be a Christ follower and he had a little <clears throat> cough and so he had to go get himself some liquor. Mm. He called him out. He passed the judgment. 
It wasn't a Christian. He was the one judging, okay? And so um, I think people sometimes are too harsh to say, well, Christians are too judgmental. I'll tell you, we all can be judgmental. Anybody can be judgmental. And my friend, Jesus, uh, he took the government upon his shoulder. He took the responsibility. A great kingdom of hope. The gift of a son and a great kingdom of hope. I commend you today for showing up to church when you had to shovel your way out this week. Uh, we all had to shovel a lot of snow, and I'm sure you might be frustrated and tired. I thank God you showed up today. Um, look, part of being somebody who gives hope is learning to be reliable. And I thank God for sending us Jesus, who was willing to take upon himself the responsibility to live among us and to die for all of the human race and my, my friends, I thank God that he did it and he didn't quit and he didn't give up when it started to hurt. The great kingdom of hope. He took the responsibility upon his shoulders. God sends people like that in our lives. They take, they're willing to take responsibility. And you know what? They're a gift from God. And when you and I, if you're a Christian and you take that responsibility, that's when you're becoming like Jesus. Taking responsibility. Look, being reliable can be a source of burnout. Because if you're reliable, people will take advantage of you. But think how often we take advantage of the Lord and yet He still forgives. He never loses joy because it's His very nature to be joyful. He continues to shoulder the responsibilities of the kingdom, which is loving and caring for every single person in the world. God so loved the world, John 3.16 says, and he still continues to show love. He can still continues to shoulder the burden of the kingdom even when millions of professing believers abandon the faith. And even during this time this year when millions of professing believers have abandoned the faith, and what I mean by that is they have quit everything in regards to Christianity because the few months off of church, they stopped watching online and they're gone. And you contact them.